Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today we are continuing our series on Christian foundations and really focusing on love, walking in love. And this series is designed to establish your Christian life on a firm foundation. You know, the foundation is is absolutely essential part of any building. And the foundation for our Christian life is Christ himself, who he is and his love for us what he did for us on the cross. And that's what 1 Corinthians 3 says, that no other foundation can anyone lay except that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has gave himself to us to be the foundation for our whole being and our whole life and our whole eternity. And we have to accept him as our Lord and Savior. And then that foundation is, is established for our life. And then we are to build our lives on that foundation by living our lives on the basis of this foundation. And, and we do this by hearing and doing the words of Jesus and his apostles. And that's what Jesus says in Matthew 7. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them will be like a foolish man who built his hand, house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Well, to successfully build a house on the rock, you must build from the bottom up. Uh, And these, uh, in the same way, there are foundational doctrines that must be established first in your life. It's not just that you just, any doctrine will do in any order. There are foundational doctrines that have to be established first and by hearing and obeying them, putting them into practice. And you have to do that first before you can receive and understand and apply higher revelations in our life. You know, I used to be a math teacher, and it's, you, you can't just go straight to calculus. You have to teach people about numbers, then, you, then addition and subtraction, and then multiplication, and then, um, you know, division, and then fractions. You, you have to do it in order they have to do exercises where they learn to do each thing and then they're ready for the next step and so on. And so it is with, with God's truth. We, we have to have the foundational things first before we're ready for the rest. You have to be able to drink the milk and grow sufficiently before you can take the meat. And so that's what Hebrews chapter 5 and 6 is talking about. It describes the milk of the word as the elementary foundational principles that we have to establish first in our life. And, um, and that is, is what we need to do. Let's read that in Hebrews 5. By this time, he said, you ought to be teachers. You, but you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, a spiritual babe. But solid food or meat belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, these are people who've taken the milk and then they, they've used it, they put it into practice until it's part of them. And now they, they, know, they, 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 they know that area of truth. They know they can discern what's right and wrong because they've actually 
put it into practice. Until you put it into practice, it's all just theory and you don't really experientially know what it's talking about. You only come to really know it when you put it into practice. And then he goes on in Hebrews 6 and confirms that these elementary principles are the foundational doctrines. And he names seven of them. He says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation. So here are the elementary principles. They're called the foundation, and there are seven of them. And in this series, we're going to go through these seven. Number one, repentance from dead works. Number two, faith toward God. Number three, doctrine. Number four, baptisms. Number five, of laying on of hands. Number six, the resurrection of the dead. And number seven, eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Notice if God permits. And, And there's a sense in which God can't move you on to the next thing until you actually establish the milk of the word, the foundational teachings in your life. You limit how far God can take you. And so it God is in control of this process and he will only lead you. So don't go chasing after weird and wonderful high revelations if you haven't got the milk of the word in place. God will not permit. These foundational doctrines, they're the milk of the word and we are to drink the milk before we can go on to the meat. We we can try taking on the meat but we don't really have the ability to absorb it properly and so we we will tend to misapply it, misunderstand it, and so on. You have to receive and practice the milk until it becomes part of who you are, and you've got to let it form you and grow you spiritually. 1 Peter talks about the new birth of our spirit through the gospel, and then he goes on to talk about the milk. Let's read that. He says, We have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. That's amazing good news. Our body was, is made of corruptible seed, but our spirit, we're born again, is made of incorruptible seed, which means our spirit is incorruptible. It's perfect with the life of God in it. And it's through the word of God. The seed is the word of God that recreated our spirit. And because the word of God is powerful and full of life, that's what our spirit is like. And he says, because all flesh is of grass, all the glory of man is the flower of grass, the grass withers, the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. When you heard the gospel, the the word of God came into your spirit and you were born again. And then in A few verses later, he says, Now that we're born again, it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word of God so that you may grow. When you're just born again, when you're new, uh, or you might be an older Christian, but you haven't taken the milk in yet, you, you need to desire the milk of the word because that's the key to your growth. No good eating meat before you've had the milk. And so we grow spiritually by hearing and doing the milk of the word. The measure of how much we have grown spiritually is not by our knowledge as such, but how much we walk in love. That's the the clearest cut measure of how mature you are as a believer. And that depends on how much of the milk you've put into practice. The milk of the word is designed to cause you to be a, a, a loving person. 
And that's how Peter actually introduced this passage. He says, since you've purified your souls, you've begun, he says, in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. He says, that's what it's all about. And God's put that seed of love in your spirit. And, and you are to drink the milk of the word. And as you put it into practice, then the love of God will grow in your life. But now let's think about the Corinthian church. Sadly, they still needed the milk in 1 Corinthians because instead of walking in love, they were walking in strife with each other, competing with each other, and by so doing, they were showing themselves to be spiritual babies who still needed milk to grow up. That's exactly what he says in chapter 3. I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, which means flesh-ruled people, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive the solid food, and even now you're not still able, for you are still carnal. In other words, they're ruled by the flesh. They're not operating from the love of God in, in their spirit. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere natural men, soulish men? So this tells us that the mark of a spiritual baby is that he is carnal or flesh-ruled, self-centered. But a mature believer is someone who's actually taken in the milk and has grown up somewhat. And they are ruled by their spirit. They are ruled by love. You know, we constantly have choices to walk in love or, or to operate in selfishness, uh, to put our own interests first or others, to deny ourselves or not. And a mature one has chosen to yield to the love of God in their spirit and to walk in love until it's formed his character. He's called spiritual because he's controlled, he lives from his spirit, not from his flesh. He chooses the spirit rather than the flesh. And the more we choose love, and to yield to love, the more our spirit is in control, and then our love is perfected in us. Love is formed in our, in our soul. And, uh, but carnality, on the other hand, shows itself in strife and divisions, and uh, everyone fighting for their own interests. And so, one purpose of the milk of the word is that we would grow, learn to grow spiritually and learn to walk in love. You know, if you were born again, we have the love of God in our spirit. The Bible says that God's love is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And so the love of God is in you if you're born again, but are you yielding to it? Are you walking in it? Your spirit is complete in Christ. It's, it's perfect. It's risen with Christ. We saw that above sin. The life of God's in your spirit. And so what is spiritual growth? It's your spirit can't get any better. But spiritual growth is the process of God's life and love in your spirit um, flowing out and, and, and forming your soul, filling your soul and controlling your soul. It's how much your, the spiritual life in you controls your soul life. And we grow by receiving God's love into our soul and then by, by faith and then yielding to it and walking in it in our actions. That way, as we yield to love, we become perfected in love. What is love? 
Some say, well, it's a feeling. Others say, well, it's a benevolent attitude. Others might say it's a commitment. <clears throat> but no, actually, these things are not the essence of love. They are actually the effect that love has on your soul. Love is a spiritual reality. It's the presence of God. It's a spiritual force, if you like. It's probably not the best word, but love is the, from the, in the presence of God. God is love. So love is a spiritual reality. It comes from the presence of God in you. Without God, you couldn't have love because God is love. And as, so it comes from the spiritual realm. And as you yield to it in your soul, um, like oxygen filling your lungs, so as you yield to the Spirit of God, the grace of God, so love comes into your soul. And it creates that feeling of love. And it creates that benevolent mental attitude. And it creates that commitment uh, to, to do the right thing. But love itself, God, is the source of all love. We cannot generate real love from our own soul. It's the result of yielding to the grace of the Holy Spirit in us. So to grow in love requires those two foundational principles that we saw, which is faith toward God and repentance from dead works. Those two go together, by the way, because if we are to turn to God and trust in his love and receive his love, we have to let go of trusting in ourself and our own self-generated works. We can't do two things. It's like if your hand is, is full of one thing, let's say an apple, then and something else is, is you want to receive, you can't receive it. You have to let go of that apple to receive. So you've got to let go of your dead works. You've got to let go of your self-effort before you can receive God's supply for you. And so it's repentance from dead works and faith toward God. And so we receive love by realizing we, we don't have it in ourselves, but we draw upon the love coming from God's Spirit. God wants to grow us into strong, mature believers, full of his love. It won't happen by accident. Spiritual growth is the perfecting of God's love in us. And we, so we have to understand where that love comes from and we have to yield to it. We need to know that it's there. The Holy Spirit's in us, producing that love, that joy, that peace. But we have to purposefully yield to it. And so in the new birth, we are born of God. We have the life and nature of Christ in us. The Holy Spirit lives in our spirit. So growing is us knowing that as true. And then by faith, living from the reality of that and letting that new life fill our heart and then expressing it in our life. And when we do that, you will feel that in your emotions. When the wind of the Spirit actually moves, then you f the Spirit's in you. But only when the Spirit moves do you feel it in your feelings. And so when you walk by faith and express that love, then you will feel it. So don't wait for the feeling. It won't happen. You have to walk by faith. When, then the Spirit of love will move and you will then feel that love. And so God is love and so God is the father of our spirit and so when we are born again the love nature of God constructed our spirit. 
And so his love nature is in us. As we said, the love of God is poured out in our, in our hearts. And Jesus prayed, didn't he? He said, the love that you, with which you loved me, he's praying to the Father, the love that with which you loved me, I pray that, they might, that that love might be in them. He pr Jesus prayed that his love, the love of God, would be in us. Praise God. And so we're a love child of a love God. And we can walk in love by knowing his love is in us and then receiving it into our hearts and living in it. Praise God. We have the capacity to walk in love. And that's the key to spiritual maturity. And so we, we, we want to receive it. And that's what Ephesians 3 is all about. We, we, we know it's there, but then we need to pray to receive it, from the to flow from the Spirit into our heart. We have to open our heart to receive that love by faith and let it transform our hearts. This is what Paul prays. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ, that's his, his Spirit, might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that's in your hearts, that the love of God now is, is the, um, the soil uh, and, uh, out of which your life flows. Your root, the love of God is in your spirit, so your soul needs to be rooted and grounded in that love. And he says that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints the width and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. So in other words, the love of Christ is beyond knowledge. That means it, it isn't in the soul. It comes from the spiritual realm. And it has dimensions to it. The width is God loves you, all of you. Uh, the length is that he will never stop loving you forever and ever. The depth of his love is how, how much he loves you, is how much he's prepared to sacrifice for you, which he did on the cross. The height of his love is how much he wants to elevate you and exalt you and give you all things. And, and he says, as you begin to realize the love of God, your heart expands and you are able to receive more of his love into your heart. And then you can love yourself because it says we... We love him because he first loved us. And the more you receive of his love, the more love you have in your heart to, to give. And he says that as you know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, as you, as you know it by it because it comes into your heart. And then it says, then you'll be filled with the fullness of God. And so as we grow spiritually, as we receive more and more of his love into our heart, and then we can live out of that love. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory. The glory of God is the love of God in the church by Christ Jesus forever and ever. So God is able to do that and his glory is working in us. That's his love is working in us and he's able to fill us with his love. And so as we uh, grow spiritually by receiving God's love in our heart and then walking in that love. It's by hearing and doing. Remember James says, it's not enough to be a hearer, you need to be a doer of the word also. Otherwise you're deceiving yourself. You can't grow spiritually just by receiving, receiving, receiving love. You have to also be doing it. 
You have to be expressing it. Spiritual growth requires both. He says you're deceiving yourself if you think you're growing, if all you're doing is receiving. There has to be an outlet as well. And so uh, a baby has all kinds of hidden potentialities in him. And uh, he has to, for them to grow, he has to feed, but also he has to exercise, he has to start acting. And as he exercises, then his potentialities start coming out. And so as we receive the love of God and walk in the love of God, we actually, the real us starts coming to fulfillment. We need to connect to the love of God in us. Uh, our natural love will will run out, um, you know. But if we have God's love working in us, we can overcome. Even when people treat us wrong, we can yield to the love of God in us. And as we do, that love becomes perfected. But we have to receive it and we have to act it. You know, Christians that stay babies, it's because they are living like normal people they living as if they don't have a supply of love on the inside of them, so they always react in the flesh rather than drawing on God's love. You know, it's easy to, you know, just love your friends, but divine love loves even your enemies or people who upset you. Jesus said, you know, that we should love our enemies and uh, pray for them, uh, even for those who persecute us, just like our Father in heaven sends the sun and the rain on the just and the unjust. And then he says, well, you need to be perfect, just like your heavenly Father is. In other words, be mature, keep, walk in love, keep drawing upon the love of God in you, and then you will be truly sons of God. As, he, as Paul says, be followers of God, imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. We can do it because the love nature of God is within us, even if we don't feel it. We know it's there because God tells us it's there in his word. And therefore, by faith, we can draw upon that love. And as I say, that love doesn't come naturally, but it comes supernaturally by faith. Our flesh instincts will be the opposite. It will be to react in the wrong way. But we're not just natural beings. We are now supernatural beings. And as we walk in love, actually that, that, that power of that love and the feeling of that love will actually flow and, and we'll feel it. Um, praise God. So even when your natural love has run out, if you draw to, close to God, you can draw upon his supernatural love that flows from your spirit. And so usually the initial reaction is our flesh reaction. Don't go with your initial feeling or reaction, but wait till you can draw upon God's love and then react. How are we perfected in love? Well, it is every time that we, we, we act and speak in love that causes the love of God to be perfected in us. Let's look at what 1 John has as we finish today. 1 John Verse chapter 2 says, Whoever keeps God's word, that's his command to love, in him truly is the love of God perfected. By this we know that we are in him, that we're truly born again when we actually walk in love. He who says he abides in him, he who claims to be a Christian, ought to walk as he walked in love. 
1 John 4 says that this, we can only love because he loved us first. He's the source of love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. He's the source. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The key to love being, first of all, if you're born of God, you have the love of God in you. But it, only as you fellowship with God and walk in faith with God will you be able to express that love. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God demonstrated his love for us on the cross. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. So as we walk in love, that that causes the love, the spirit of love in us to come into our soul more and form our character and we become more like Jesus. Verse 16, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Walking in love is the key for, for us to dwell in the presence of God and for God to dwell in us. We can't do it apart from love. That is the prime commandment of the new covenant. And um, praise God. That is really the key to our growing in maturity and to grow strong enough that we can actually take the meat of the word into us. The fruit of the spirit, that which comes out of our spirit, is love, joy, peace, and so on. Notice that there is actually not nine fruit, but one fruit. It says the fruit of the spirit is love. The other things, joy, peace, long-suffering, they're the manifestations of love. They're the, they are, but the essence of everything that comes out of the Spirit is love. And, and there are many dimensions to that love. But uh, you have that love, that love, joy, peace, long-suffering. They are in your spirit. And as you yield to those in your life, you'll find that those fruit will come forth. You know, God wants spiritual fruit, not religious nuts. And in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul actually says that love, that without love we are nothing. And without love, anything we do profits us nothing. Love is the very nature of the life of God on the, in your spirit. And as you live from your spirit, what comes forth is the love of God. And as you walk in love and speak in love, you are causing that love to be, to be developed and to be perfected in you. This is the milk of the word. And until we live in that, we're not ready for the meat. There's a book that fits perfectly with this series on Christian foundations called Growing Up Spiritually. And this is so important that we know the foundational teachings whereby we can grow spiritually. And uh, let me recommend this book. It's, uh, it's, it's not very expensive. Growing Up Spiritually gives you many of the key teachings in this series and, and others too. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford 
OX37QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.